0: Welcome to episode 129 of Courts at Indiana podcast. This is Jim Reamer joined by with Nick Baumgart. By, with, can never figure out the damn, the, the can never figure out the damn um, word that goes join. Join from, join by, join with. What is it? Is it by, hey. with, what is it, Nick? Nick Baumgart. Hey,
1: joined by. Saying.
0: It's joined by Nick Baumgart. There we go. Let's just, once and for all.
1: It's your show. Well, it's yeah. my brain
0: fart. I know it's it, my show, but it's, it's your world, Jim.
1: We're just living in it.
0: No, I mean, you know, when we get back into the toward the fall and get out of girls soccer. We'll get Zach back in here. And just that neither one of us, our recording schedules are matching up right now. Not, um, especially with my addiction to NBA playoff basketball, I just don't want to record. I just don't want to record a, of an evening. So <laughs> Zach is still keeping the, uh, database going and uh, as far as the recruiting stuff and that's what we got to get into now here as soon as I get it loaded up but the um, looking forward to talking about June a little bit this month uh, we, we got some stuff coming up uh, here in the next month right we're going to preview not preview it but but you want to talk a little bit about that we're going to talk about some players that are incoming seniors that are stock risers that have seen their stock go up um and then maybe you know what if you got a couple of um if you got a couple of um we got a couple of outgoing seniors that we think we need to still talk about we could do that too so but let's get the um let's see when was our when was our last our last update there hasn't been a ton of action actually on the recruiting side and most of it's been garway
1: yeah so that's kind of interesting huh
0: yeah i think i think we'll just do this we'll do it like this i'll take a snapshot of it then i'll send it to you i'm gonna i'm gonna send that text to you and then we'll get we'll get reading here all right recruiting update uh garway dual from carmel has pulled in four offers in the last week or so. Actually, the last two weeks was our last update because we didn't do a show last week. Picked up offers from Arizona State, Fresno State, Virginia Commonwealth, and Providence. That's a pretty good list of, of high majors and, and multi-bid teams from multi-bid leagues. Uh, Judson NAI school offered a couple of Indiana kids. Jared Bonds from Carmel, Luke Almodovar um, from Noblesville. IUPUI put out a couple of offers as well this past week. Sheridan Sharp and David Merriweather. Sheridan Sharp from Ben Davis. By the way, Alma Dovers from Noblesville. on that Judson offer, and uh, David Merriweather is from Indianapolis Metropolitan. So, 23s. More and more 23s are getting offers. That's good. Obviously, June coming up with another open period with uh, during their school seat during their school month. I guess for a good way to describe that? Um, they're going to get more looks then, and then we're going to have two more weekends in June or July as well. I like that recruiting calendar. You there's, there's been so much back and forth on the recruiting calendar stuff. I, I love two in April, I love two in June, uh, because these a lot of these guys are entering new roles or bigger roles with their school teams. Gives them a chance to get more, uh, exp- gets them a chance to get some, some, uh, Bulk exposure uh, with their school teams, which that's you know new in the last two or three years. I like I like the way it's playing out that way. And I think two in July is just as important, too, because I just think these kids deserve as many bites of the apple as they can get when it comes to exposure and people who are calling for the restriction of it. And to me, they're just not out for the betterment of the kids there. I don't know what their rationale would be for restricting exposure. Um But I I like the way it's set up this year, two in in April, two in June, two in July. I would even add one in May. I I don't know why. I don't know why Memorial Day weekend, although we're taking this weekend off. I don't know why Memorial Day weekend isn't an open period. Is it, I guess, because our kids still in school next week? Is that? Yeah, Carmel's done yesterday. Most, I think all of my guys are done. Don't get me started on this, Jim. Do not get me started. I mean.
1: I think Higgs.
0: I think Higgs. I think like if you're like a really smart kid like Isaac Higgs at Evansville Rights, I think he's done last week. He took all of his AP tests, and Carmel was giving AP tests last week. We couldn't get a gym for practice. It was last week or two weeks ago? Kids like that are done early, like even earlier. And Higgs is just a junior, so I don't know if he's still in school this week or not. But but really, I don't know why Memorial Day weekend's not open.
1: I don't know, you know why the whole week. I mean, why couldn't there be so let me take you take our listeners back, right? Because you were there. Mm-hmm. Let me take you back to my experience. And this was in 1998.
0: I'm, I'm going to disagree with you probably, but go ahead. And because you were young, you didn't know. Go on. Go on. Okay, what you're, but, go Hey, it's,
1: okay. it's, it's 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 what I've I've since looked back on. Right comparing it to, to the system they have now, but you know, and, and it was, you went out the eighth and the period was open through the 31st. Yeah. And we, we had days off. I remember, um, I remember going on and doing dumps dumps, you know, silly stuff, fun stuff with my team uh, on days off. I mean, it's not like we were like every single day and we only played one or two, maybe two games a day. I and mean, it's not like it was crazy stuff either. To me, that system works so well because a lot of guys will say, oh, he's sleeping on me. What coaches are really doing, they're not sleeping on you. They know about you. They're not convinced, right? They need a body of, uh, of work. They need a sample size that's, that, hey, you know, and I was one of those guys, you know, and I, I, they followed me, Evansville followed me around, Indiana State followed me around and nobody would really, they were, they were waiting. Nobody was sleeping on me. I needed that. Like I I wasn't one of those kids that just pops and there's a lot of kids like me, like my, in my situation. And it's just really hard when you are, when when you, you know, April to me is a really tough time to evaluate because kids are coming into new situations. I I would like a, a, an extra one in in May and maybe an extra one in July. You know, I just, I don't think April is as important. Um, Certainly, you know,
0: to me, Um, I like, I like the, I like the stretched out approach because I think it allows kids to be viewed in a progressive way. And in terms of, you know, what do they look like coming out of their school season? What do they look like as they get into the summer? What do they look like deep in the summer? Um, I also think that, you know, Indy Kendrick had been one that said, get rid of April, get rid of blah, 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 you know, and and there's a lot of that going around. I think the problem too is, is if you make it in too tight of a window and this isn't the part that I was going to disagree with you on, I'll get to that in a second. When you, if you make it too tight of a window, you also put kids in a situation where injuries are a factor. If a kid gets injured, then let's say he's out four weeks, you can miss an entire opportunity to get exposure. And that's, I that's just don't
1: see a lot of value in June, I guess is what I'm getting. I don't think. Oh, I, like, I love June.
0: No, 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 not June. I'm sorry, April. Yeah, but again, um, it's it's the injury thing. I think that. Let me no
1: no. Let me let me clarify. Like I love June more. Than and it's anything. the minor. And it's I the mean, minor April, injury. April. Right. So April to me means very little. Okay. So I think that May, June, and July is more than enough time. Um, I'm not asking for you to take away any any weekends. I just want the host weekends moved around. I. I think you got kids that, that have played deep into March. I think that are that are banged up. I mean they've been playing five, six months,
0: man. Like uh, Indiana goes the longest. And and really there's we we start practice that's the Sunday after regionals. And it's there's only 16 teams left in the state. So you know, we're at that point we've got 75% just in just in general of the electorate that's had a week off by the time we start now some teams one year I had five kids get the semi-state, you know, and we didn't, we didn't get the, we didn't get the practice until then. Um, you know, so I get, I kind of, I mean, I get what you're saying, but again, you, you look at, we tend to be the latest state to finish basketball.
1: I don't get the rush, you know, like why, why do you have to,
0: if you're going to be good in June, why aren't you going to be good in June?
1: I keep saying June.
0: You got to think that
1: aren't you going to be good in if you're not good in July, you're you're still you're not going to get that. I don't care how good you were were in April.
0: I just think when you you tighten the window, you 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 run the risk of eliminating. You run the risk of eliminating um, opportunity, and I'd I'd hate for a kid to get a minor injury and have that cost him 100 percent of his exposure opportunity. I mean, a major major injuries happen you know you something i mean obviously the only way you can avoid injury period is is to not play but if a kid gets a major injury that's i mean obviously that's absolutely bad luck but but i hate for a kid to lose i mean like if there was no exposure in april um you know if a kid goes out sprains his ankle he's out four to six weeks he then is going to miss an entire year of exposure and that's just, I mean, that's what we went through last year where we didn't have April because the NCAA was still slow to react to COVID. I mean, we were playing in April. It certainly didn't keep us from playing. All it did was keep coaches from going out and, you know, sitting on the other side of the gym. Um, you know, and then there, was, there were coaches out in, I can't remember if there were coaches in June last year or not. I think, yeah, there were. There definitely were. Yeah. And, th- and then there were coaches out in July. And I, there was no reason for him not to be out in April, uh, not not when the rest of the basketball world was was operating under normal. I mean, adding adding two dozen coaches to each court <laughs> wasn't gonna wasn't gonna tip the scale on the COVID meter, you know. And if you've got coaches that have uh, you know had some issues, that you know, then obviously they can make individual decisions and and should. But yeah, I, I like, I like spreading it out. I don't see why you wouldn't play in April. Um, I think the way the July used to be, that's the part I was going to kind of disagree with you on was the, the July experience when we first started out was, I mean, it was crazy. We played three events in one week, right? You'd play the Hoosier shootout, you'd play the Kentucky hoop fest, and then you'd come back home and you would play in the best of the Midwest. And there would be time there were twice where we had games in Indy on Wednesday morning and then games in Kentucky on Wednesday night, and we'd be rolling in hot. That's know, so coming. awesome though, though. Like as a player, that was so much fun, though. Like that, that, and, that and that probably meant you were winning the you know, the Hoosier shootout. At least you were playing the championship game. So at least you're winning at that point. If you had time to get down to Kentucky, that means you <laughs> you had free time on your hands. Um, and then, and then I, I, I didn't mind that week. I didn't mind that setup so much because it was, it was seven days on, what was it? Seven days on seven days off or five days off. And then seven days on, then we would go down to Orlando and we would play in the super showcase and then there would be a day off. And then we would play in AAU nationals back when AAU, the actual body of AAU meant something now at the, at least the boys basketball means nothing. Uh, Um, there's very little, very little that goes through the actual AAU, which is why it's, you know, which is why we've started calling it travel basketball club, basketball, summer basketball, whatever you want to call it, but very little of what, and even back then, the only thing we ever did AAU wise was state and nationals. Everything else was independent stuff. So, um, but yeah, those, those, those years in the early going when it was open from what July 6th until the the 31st or the July 8th until the 31st, those, that was crazy. That was tiresome. It wasn't good for the kids. I didn't think you probably didn't realize it then, but it wasn't good for the kids.
1: No, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. I mean, come on, look, I had, those are some of my best memories. Are you kidding me? Like, well, there's, we had team camp July. Hang on. We had team camp emblems in July 6th. Right. mm -hmm. And you know, I mean, I live for basketball. That's what I wanted to, that's all I wanted to do. And I got to go hang out with, you know, some of the best players in the state, learn from Bob Pryor. Um, And then we go on that trip and we embarked, like you said, we were, we were in Indy and then we flew to, we had Peace Jam. And maybe my experience was better than most, you know, we got, I got to go to Orlando for two weeks, San Diego for a week. And then we got back home August 1st. So it was like, man, it was like, 25 days to a, to a kid who loved basketball and that's all you want. It was, kids are resilient, man. Like we're, we're, we're really, this softening of kids is, is, is real. You know what I mean? Like, come on.
0: Like, well, they, they do more now than they used to. There, there's no way around
1: that. What do you think? I mean, you, you're the only one, I guess that's experienced as an adult. In well, I,
0: I think that, I, I mean, I think we, we know more about, repetitive stress injuries. We know more about the fact that these guys are putting in way more time in their game than what, what you used to. Um, Oh, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, it's spawned, it's spawned two industries. I mean, there's just no way around it. It's created this workout culture and it's, and it's created this, this uh, it's helped along with football.
1: Created the gym now kids go in the gym now and they either are working on a Euro or they're working off of a gun. That still work. Um, back in the day we had to chase down our that's way more work than what these kids these kids aren't getting up the shots that they would get up if they were back in the day having oh, the they get up,
0: you weren't you weren't getting a thousand shots up in a day no i wasn't but i was like, working like moles. More harder like mold you, you weren't you weren't getting up more shots. and and today there's so much start stop skill that that you didn't have that that, that wasn't part of the game back then um I disagree. I mean,
1: I don't, I don't know what you mean. Start, stop skill. I
0: don't, I don't even know what that means. Start, stop, the ability to start and stop and, and accelerate and, into one, from one move to another. I mean, there just wasn't as much. Do you remember the crossover? Do you remember no. everybody had a crossover? No, well, yeah, I don't got a crossover I Hell, I've got a crossover. I'm talking about start, stop skills. That's, that's a real thing. That's, that's a deal. And that, and that puts wear and tear on the body. That puts wear and tear on the knees and, and There, I mean, that's just a big part of the game now. It's, it's, um, it wasn't wasn't a big part of the games. No, you weren't, no, you weren't hop, hop back in. You weren't hopping back into shots. You weren't, I don't, I don't mean you specifically. We were jump, stopping, and playing off two feet. What do you, I don't, well, that's fine. I know, but that's, that's not, you can hop back into any shot. I would love, as a defender, I would love for you to hop back into shots. I mean, I don't know, maybe, well, there's kids who can do it now. That's kids couldn't do it back then because they didn't work on it. Now they work on it. That's just, that's how that goes. Even even, just because they do it doesn't mean they can do it. Well, I know, but they work on it today. I mean, and they shouldn't go ahead. I mean, I, well, I mean, I've seen, I mean, I've seen it evolve as much as anybody and as, as much as, as, I mean, there's a lot of workout guys who never get, never really watch kids play. There's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of coaches that don't really go and watch the workouts that their kids do and you know i i get around to a lot of it now um granted I, i'm there moral when they're younger because i want to see who they're working with and making sure that you know we don't have like some weird stuff being thrown their way but there's there's some guys now around here especially that are completely reliable you know the m14 guys there with um um nick i can't i feel bad i can't remember his last name now shoot taylor ware obviously and we got rob blackwell up here that is as good as anybody so um you know and 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 there's there's a great workout culture here and that a lot of these guys are putting in time into it but i think that adds to the wear and tear on their body
1: but, I mean to, to say that kids are working harder now than they ever did is not true because I would go in every day at six o'clock in the morning and I know a lot of kids that don't go, that they don't shoot before school so I mean I'm not trying to like say oh this well yeah but you you might, have, but you might have but you might have
0: but you you were probably somewhat alone now there's a lot of those guys do that and then they have another workout during the day and then they have maybe you're right, maybe you're right. I mean that's just that's just been my observation it's not to take away. The guys who are the hardest. I don't take it. I'm not taking it personal. I'm just saying, like, yeah, there's. That's not to take away from people who worked hard in the in the past, but it's like today people say well, we don't ever drive around and see kids outside playing anymore. Well, it's because we got more gyms. We can play inside. We don't as much never, as, do. that's as the, much as we, thing about it. Yeah, but as much as we played outside, I will say there's been less there's less time spent playing just unorganized games. But as much as we played outside. I mean, I've got a half court that was across the street from where I live that all my friends, that's where they came. We came and played outside. But as much as we did that, you damn well bet we were propping doors at the high school successfully and trying to play inside as much as possible. And we and we and we love playing on the upstairs gym at Carmel because it was (laughs) there was no concrete. It was it was the, like the world's first flooring system, at least in central Indiana, because it was on its own floor. We love playing upstairs because the, the varsity gym was wood on concrete and the upstairs gym was wood on plank on steel beam. Upstairs gym was incredibly soft to play off of in, in the 80s. And all these guys went to play on the, the main floor. We're like, hell no, we're going upstairs because it was easier. I on see. our knees. We knew then we knew then it was easier on our knees than concrete and asphalt it's a much better run up there but all right any, any of these recruiting things catch your eye yeah i mean garry duel like
1: yeah so it's just like you know just trying to figure out how because there's so much politics involved and, and but we we saw last year that man i'm like who is this kid jim you know and and
0: I don't know what what you mean what? by politics. I mean, obviously the offers aren't political. Coaches are making these offers based on their job. I you know I don't know that. I don't know
1: that. I don't I don't trust any of these. I don't trust it. I'm not saying taking anything away from Garvey Duel. Well, but he's had just, a great
0: he's had a great summer, and that's gonna bleed into what we're ta- we're gonna talk about, which are players that have upped their stock, okay. so to speak. This incoming seniors who have raised their stock this week, raised their, their level of play. You know, Garway is very different with the basketball than he is without it. And I think the thing that people like, why didn't he, why wasn't he a bigger deal for Carmel, blah, blah, blah. A lot of it was because he struggled to play without the basketball early on. And as he got better and better, he played more. Now, defensively, he was outstanding the whole year. There were a couple of instances where you could tell he just was a little a little loose, um, you know, with a couple of silly fouls and things like that. But for the most part, he was reliable and he was, he was at times a go-to guy off the bench, defensively, um, much different player with the ball. I think you're going to see him at Carmel this year, play with the ball a heck of a lot more than he did last year. I, I think to the point where it might even turn over their whole idea of who their point guard might be next year. Uh, and I, and I'm sure there'll be some growing pains still there too, because, Going against a set defense in the summer is, is a vastly different experience than going against a set defense during the school year. Uh, there, there's just a lot of times where those guys, and that's the one thing I think we, we talk about with him and Booker, there's a lot of things that those guys are getting in the summer that they're not going to get during school games and that are isn't necessarily going to translate to the next level. Um, certainly not as, as smoothly as what some are thinking. But I I think Garway's ascension, um, to his credit, too, is as much about his defense as it is his offense. You know, he's he's a kid that still needs to work on his shot. It still needs to do, like, he's basically, if he drives, he's got to get to the basket. Um, You know, but I I do like his vision. I like his handle. And, you know, it's just going to be, for him, you know, being able to transition that into an organized system, which you know, Carmel runs a ton of motion, so there's a lot of freedom in there. You know, but he's also running up against a lot of very well-coached school teams that, if if they know he's just going to try and attack at every given moment, are going to stack the deck. And you know, luckily he has good vision and is a, he's unselfish, so it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the point guard spot. This year, Carmel. If if that's where they go, they've got a lot of options. They got a lot of incoming seniors. It's a very deep and talented class, and um, he he made it. He certainly made it better.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't mean to clarify. I don't mean that. In this case, it's politics. I'm just saying in general, right? There's there's a certain level of political pull or whatever you want to say. I mean, look, it's whatever. just. I don't, what, what I don't know what you're
0: talking. What are you talking about?
1: I'm talking about like
0: LSU. LSU offered
1: Joey Brown and, and Booker. Well, LSU
0: offered three kids in the state of Indiana before they ever saw him play. So
1: and they've My been.
0: Is, I don't know So that's what I'm saying is I don't know Garvey Dual's story inside and out. Okay, so I'm just saying you know, like in Garvey's that, case, at least, at least his offers came after people got a chance to watch him play well we,
1: we saw him last year I mean this is not anything new to me I mean here's a kid who's six six when did long. we see him
0: last, we didn't see him last year when did we see him last year he didn't he didn't get here until dude he played for Carmel all right during the school season
1: that's what I'm saying
0: well that's not last year that's this that's this year
1: no it's last year this year would be coming up anyway so my point is that like I've I've watched Gary duel for the last whatever six, seven, eight months, nine months. I mean, so like this, this like oh, he's suddenly blown up on the. I mean, dude, he was a huge pro. Come on, give me a break. He was a huge prospect last school year, and you know, it's just the way the system was at Carmel and the personnel and different things that it just didn't work out to where he was he was maximized. And like you said, it's going to change a little bit this year. Things are going to be different. It could be really interesting to see. You know how, but there's just a lot to play out.
0: Well he flat out he flat out struggled early in the year. It just there's no way around it. But he
1: there? still looked like a, he looked the part, is what I'm saying. I mean he mm. moved so so well. He's got all the physical tools. Uh, defensively, he was I mean But
0: you can't you can't run you can't run a motion offense and have a, and have one guy that you know that is is static, is stationary. And that's that's the part he had to learn, and that's that's typical. That's there's that's not a slight against that's definitely not a slight against him. And it's, you know, and there's no reason to go away from it because, look, look, we picked up a kid this past weekend for the rest of the summer, and he was much more impactful for us defensively than he was offensively. He hadn't practiced yet. And we're, and we're not a team. You, you don't run a motion offense and be a team that where kids can come in and just step in right away unless you pick up. Like, if I picked up a Carmel kid at the last minute, they would be able to function in what we're doing pretty easily because it's the, it's a lot of, it's the same stuff. I mean, it's exactly the same stuff in terms of rule and function. We just, we play at a faster pace in the summer and be, because we can afford to, you know, we can, you know, we're not grind We don't have to worry about grinding out possessions and, and, you know, if we get, you know, we get beat cause we're a little sloppy, then that's, you know, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to lose my job. <laughs> so, you know, coaching. So, Uh, It's just a different focus this summer than during the school season, but plus there's, you know, there's typically more talent in the summer where I got everybody on my team can score versus, you know, versus some school teams that doesn't have that. But, but um, Carmel may not be one of those, but at the same time, you know, a lot of the offense was, was geared to run through Suter and to some extent, Charlie Williams, and it should have. And obviously Suter, Had a really good year, and and Charlie struggled. And the the times they tried to force it through Charlie, they struggled. And, you know, then you get guys like Garway who come in. As he started to be more impactful on defense, it became harder to keep him off the floor. And then as he learned to play without the basketball on the offensive end, it it became a lot easier to keep him on the floor. And I I think that's where that went this year. His defense got him on the floor. His ability to play without the basketball um, kept him on it. That's and that's that showed as he got as he was able to um, stay on the floor and get more minutes as the season wore on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying I'm not. I, I don't. I already know he's a good player. Like I don't need these offers and all. And it's 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 good. That's fine. It's just I know how this machine works. Not with the offers so much as the rankings. You know, he did climb up in the top 75, for whatever that means.
0: Um, that's it's tough at that level. Booker Booker number four. What are your thoughts? Yeah, any. Anything beyond these national rankings, or anytime you make rankings that are regardless of position, wouldn't you agree? At what point do you think it becomes like the difference between 30 and 100 is what? Minimal? Minimal.
1: Minimal. Definitely the difference between 40 and 100. I mean, minimal. I mean, McHale Mik- and- Bridges, um, for
0: example. Yeah. Was ninety fifth. I mean, that's you know, that's a guy no, I mean, we could, we could go through and find a lot of dudes that weren't ranked or were ranked. Look high. at Ivy.
1: Yeah, Jaden yeah. Ivy was was. Uh, if you go back and look, and I could look, and I didn't want to make a, a deal about it because I'm not trying to poke a bear or, or start problems or anything like that. I'm not trying to. But if you go back and look, I mean, man, that that Ola Depot that one forty one. Uh, to that, that 90 mark is, is a sweet spot. And that's where, you know, CJ gun finds himself this year. Yeah. Um, but it's a sweet spot. It's where it's where Blake Wesley came from. Um, there's a lot of really good talent in that, in that window. So, you know, it's so hard to, it's so you know that's what i meant by political i just meant that 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 favors given the, yeah. the i
0: just was wondering if you meant the carmel a carmel thing versus you're talking about rankings and things like that no 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 i'm talking about ranking in general and i'm
1: not even talking about Garvey. i'm not even talking about uh, uh george hill i'm not talking about anything in particular i'm just saying like um i just i just think too many people don't don't watch the player you do obviously you know exactly what i'm saying But too many people look at rankings and try to make Judgments off of. I mean, you got to watch the player, right? Watch the kid, and, and man, when you watched him last year, he just really jumped out to me. Like, man, he's he's a kid that I've constantly recommended to coaches. I said, hey, man,
0: he like, yeah. Well, his Gar. I talked about Garway still. Garway's yeah, yeah, play yeah, sure. against Anderson was brilliant. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's when you start to see that. Okay, this kid's got something that we hadn't seen yet. Now, a lot of it was defensive, but it was funny. You know, Anderson physically was just a stronger team. And when they, they got up on Carmel, I think it was 13 to four. You kind of thought, oh, well, you know, Suter. They had a couple guys not playing because of COVID. Charlie Williams was one of them. Suter picked up some foul trouble or maybe even he didn't play that game. I can't remember. No, he picked up foul trouble. Okay. Um. I got to think about that. He may have been hurt that game. And you just wondered what, how it was going to go. And then as Carmel started to get traction, um, you know, Anderson kind of went into a shell and then Garway started making plays defensively. And it was and he just at that point he had kind of shown India state of Indiana, he had arrived, you know, and, but again, him early on was him creating offense through defense. It wasn't coming off screens and getting shots and, you know, and, and, you know he he might he might end up playing the role that Suter played this year, for them offensively. So, but but yeah, Booker, I mean, go ahead.
1: No, before we go to on to Booker, I just wanted to kind of follow up on your point. It's incredibly difficult. Um, I think you saw Sam Orm fall completely out of the top two hundred and fifty at two hundred and forty-seven, after I think he was one hundred and fifty. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, a lot of that is a lot of
0: that is they're adding names. It's not just the move down. There, there's more guys that that's I think uh, an
1: important an important point to. And I've noticed in my own rankings, and I think you you could vouch for this as well. Is is these rankings when they're so young when these kids are so young is counterproductive because you right. are going to be adding names and it's going to make it look like oh this kid just fell completely out of the whole, like he must be you know something must happen he must be terrible he must not be and that's not the case um it's just not fair I think sometimes when you rank when they do those rankings like that I mean it's it's I don't think Sam Orman has somehow suddenly forgotten how to shoot the ball or something like that and I don't think college coaches think that but it's not fair
0: You know, but Sam was inconsistent even during the school season. And that's, look, you know, you sometimes you can be defined by shot making, and that's definitely the case with, with a lot of these kids. I mean, a lot of defenses were geared toward taking, you know, Pete Suter away and Charlie and, and Carmel didn't play a lot of guys that were hunting shots to open things up, and, and if Sam wasn't more aggressive off the ball he wasn't scoring he was at his best when he was aggressive and assertive and there were some stretches especially early on and it you know where he wasn't that player and he wasn't doing those things and that's just trying to be constructive that's that's not saying he couldn't it's just saying there were times where he was maybe being in deference to older guys and I and I thought that in general they would lack that go get a bucket guy because that's what Waddell became you know, and that's what Suter had yet to be coming into last year. And there were times last year, Ben Davis being one of them, the Ben Davis game and, and the cathedral game where Suter was like, screw this. I'm just going to go score, you know, and, and whether it be getting buckets or getting the line, that was his mentality. And Sam needed to have that mentality too. And he just, he he didn't. Now you've you've probably seen him play more this spring than I have. So I don't know what his play has been. I know the one game I saw him play, he struggled to shoot the ball. There is zero off, zero movement in the offense they run in the summer. So he's not being able to score there. And but, but the part that I did like about his game was that, you know, at six foot eight, being a small forward, you know, and, and oftentimes playing the powerful, you know, playing like a second big, so to speak, or a fourth wing, whatever you want to call it. He was at least active around the offensive glass. And with his length, he needs to be, you know, he'll need to be, during the school season as well. He can't just be a guy that floats in the perimeter. And I don't think he's ever been a guy that's just floated on the perimeter to his credit. But again, he plays in an offensive system that that compels and damn near requires player movement, you know, during the school season. Um, so kudos to him for being active, but but for him to be to jump into that high major level, um, he's gonna have to be an all-around, all around score. He's gonna have to be able to continue to be aggressive with his cuts. He's going to have to continue to be looking to catch and drive versus just catch and shoot. And, you know, again, I'm looking forward to June because we're going to see kids like we talked about earlier in, in new roles and, and kids in expanded roles, you know, Garway will have a new role probably and Orm will have an expanded role. And then there will be other talented kids in that, in that grade for them that, that will have to show where they fit in. But God, I'm looking forward to June, Jim. I am too. Wow. I'm too. June, you know, camps and um, leagues start next week. Not next week, maybe. Definitely the first full week of June they start. Yeah. Uh, then, then we get into some team camps, some college team camps. Purdue usually has a great day. Indiana usually has a great day of teams of you know big schools or teams that have highly recruited kids. Um, and, and then we'll have the top one hundred. Uh, which, you know, is okay uh, from a watching perspective. But then we have the Charlie Hughes Invitational at the end of the month. That's um, always good. Always provides good basketball and some good matchups. So, Um, Booker, rank number four, What, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I just, you know, it puts a lot of pressure on him. And I thought his development has been really, really strong. You know, I thought, I thought Coach Delaney's brought him along really well. Um, this spring, there was a turning point there at Floyd Central. And it's tough, you know. I don't know. I don't know if he's necessarily earned a number four, and I don't know if that's necessarily good for him. It's where he's at. And you certainly, when you look at his, at his skill set, right, um, you get it. Everybody gets it but you're getting it against guys who, you know, quite frankly are, are, are not going to be at the high major power, five, power six level waiting, you know, so it's.
0: Yeah. How, how much of it? Yeah. How much, I guess that's the question for me is how much of it translates, how much of it um, not just translate in terms of talent, but in terms of, um, System. I mean, again, it, it looks when you play against disjointed defenses and things like that. You know, you can, you know, you can, you play against you play against teams that don't scout, don't scheme. You know, you can get some cheap buckets that way. And, and of course, all we see are the highlights. You know, all all we see are the highlights. Um, there's, um, I still worry about body type and how that translates. You know, wh- who has been successful doing that playing at that level with that body who hasn't been just ridiculously skilled. That's, that's the thing, you know, six foot 10 inch center power forward. What's he going to be at the college level? I mean, who does he guard physically? Now hes I mean, obviously he's going to have time to improve his body and who's to say he would even play right away. But if you're the number four guy in the class, that means you don't even need college.
1: That's what it means. And that's
0: what it means. Anybody that looks at him and thinks he doesn't need college, um, not trying to be, it's not his fault. He's ranked fourth, right? No, but anybody that looks at him, doesn't think he needs a a lot of physical development um, to compete. uh, Is, is, is missing a big part of what makes some players viable at the college level and, and certainly beyond.
1: I think, you know, if you look in in a way at Christian Lander's situation, I think the rankings ruined him because – Rankings absolutely ruined him. and At least least so far. Right, and never had a fair chance. And, you know, I told people, I said, give him time, be patient. They said, you're nuts. He's 23rd in the country. He's a five-star. Even when he reclassified, he's a five-star.
0: Yeah, when he reclassified, he somehow managed to move up. we we need Uh, to recalibrate what a five-star either we need to recalibrate what a five-star is or they need a six-star five-star needs to be for guys who probably don't need college and people do the same thing with with trey kaufman you know and it's not trey kaufman's
1: fault that he got ranked in top 40 but but it, it certainly makes people think certain things about you and when you're going into purdue and you're a top 40 and people said nick you're nuts there's no way Matt Painter is not going to play Trey Kaufman. I said, guys, he fell down five times in the regional. I mean, one, you know, yeah. one two times that's, he got knocked down, but
0: he—that's a deal. Not- that's a that core that core strength is a deal, and that's the thing with Booker. He's on the ground a lot. You know, he's on the ground a lot in the course of a game, and a lot of that is maybe maybe situations of of him being aggressive, which is fine, but but there is. It's like you talked about with, with Kaufman is you, you've gotta have you you gotta have that strength to be able to compete.
1: And what ultimately these guys, you know, you're writing these checks for these kids that, that they're gonna have to cash or not cash, you mm-hmm. know, and so these and I'm not saying again anything about any particular AAU programs, but I'm just saying it's something that I think that all travel programs should be cognizant of is that it's it's not about just passing on your guy with the highest ranking or the most offers or the most this. It's about putting a kid in a situation that he can be successful and he doesn't have to transfer three times or whatever. You know what I mean? Like that's what's important to me and that's what should be important to a lot of people. And sometimes you don't see that. Sometimes from these programs, I'm just saying everybody should be cognizant that that's the most important thing.
0: Well, Booker and Booker stay with the same program through high school, which is good. Where Lander did not, Lander hopped around. So, um, all right. So, obviously, Duall and, and Booker certainly have raised their stock. I mean, they both have played well this spring. I, I think you can acknowledge, you know, I get in discussions a lot about kids and think, you know, look, I, I see if I question Booker as a high major, if I question Booker as a top four guy or whatever that may be, it doesn't mean I don't think he's any good. I mean it doesn't, you know, it definitely is right. You know, if if you know, sometimes you gotta think like if I don't think Booker's a one and done guy, then I hate him. <laughs> cause that's you know, cause that's some of the conversation. Some You're of the hated. conversations I've had is is I mean, I look at him physically and just wonder how it's gonna work. It's just and until I see it remove the name, remove that he's from Cathedral, remove that he's from Indiana. Re- till I see a kid of that body type compete at the four or five in, in the high major level who isn't just ridiculously skilled. Um, we're talking Kevin Durant's skill here.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it, it remains to be seen. We're talking Chet Holmgren's skill. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know that he's he's that. I say it all the time, like what's what's the player's
1: comp at that level, right? And I mean, this is what we're talking about. It's just it's hard to find a comp for Xavier at this point. So it doesn't mean that we don't think he's good. Huh? No, no, he's. And I, it was laughable that he was eighty fourth. I mean, it's just that's what to me is kind of fickle. It's like, well, he wasn't eighty fourth, and he's probably not fourth, but. You know, so it doesn't mean anything like nobody's being a hater. Nobody hates anybody who loves Xavier.
0: Um, Other who are some other kids? I know I've got a short list here, but who are some other kids that you've seen this year that you think is really up there? Up their stock from a recruiting perspective, regardless of offers.
1: Um you know, I don't I don't know in that class yeah. Joey Hart, he's gonna have Illinois, Iowa, Boston College out. Yeah. Um, and he went up. I think he's up now. He's in the top 175. He was I think out of the top two fifty. You know, JQ, I, I, I still think JQ's low. You know, JQ is 210 right now at
0: 247. What well, I guess we're so does he have a definable offensive skill at, at the high major level? That's I mean, that's one thing. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's, um... I mean, his offers are, his high major offers are Butler, Indiana, Iowa, Marquette, UMass is is probably in a, is UMass is in a multi-bid league. Uh, Bradley, obviously part of the Missouri Valley. That's, that's always a fringe multi-bid league. Maybe not as much as the days when they had Creighton and Wichita State, but, but Missouri Valley is still a top-notch mid-major league. I mean, you know, then the other offers, IUPUI, Miami of Ohio, Northern Illinois, two Mac schools, and and a Horizon League. His high majors, I guess, does he look, I'm curious as to what his, like, does he go to a high major and and not work out offensively? Or does he go to a mid-major and where he can play the four and at that point, be can he play the four at the high major level? That's no, kind of think, where, huh?
1: I don't I don't know. I mean, I don't I mean six eight. Yeah, I guess he's right there. Um but I, I think he has a better shot of playing the four than like the, the wing,
0: right? Yeah, I yeah, I agree.
1: Skill-wise, man. You know, it is it's it's tough because I do I do believe that you have to do something great. I mean, I think you have to be. You have to have a calling card, to me. And with JQ, I mean, I love the kid. I love the potential. Um, you know, I've watched him since he was a freshman. He was a 6'5 freshman that couldn't couldn't really hit the broadside of a barn. And, and the ball's going in now for him. You know, I, I just – I think that he's probably – you're probably right. He's probably better fit at, at, at a mid-major.
0: Well, maybe. I, 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 yeah, I don't know yet. Maybe. I, I, I mean, we're still early. I think the key is, is can he play the four in the Big Ten? And he was really active. You know, I saw him at Adidas
1: at, at May Classic, and they're just not playing anybody, and it's really hard to – you know, but he's super active. He, I mean, he had – in that one game, he had three follow dunks. Yeah. So that translates to me. I mean, that's you're seeing the ball. You're attacking the rim. Um. You know his versatility. He was knocking. He knocked in some shots. So you know, and he he knocked in some shots in the regional.
0: Yeah, I think he's gotten to a point where he's got to be guarded out there. I mean, his, look, and for those that didn't see him play when he was younger, he was strictly a post player, you know, who ev- who ev- every now and then could get by putting the ball on the floor because he just was bigger and stronger than most of his, you know, most of his the players that he'd go up against, you know, and his motor has always been great. That's one of the great things about watching him play is he's always battling with the motor and that's the kind of motor. That's the kind of motor you talk about when you when you see a kid who who is a high major. You got to have that kind of motor.
1: Um, and you love the kid, right? I mean, the kid is just a great yeah. kid. Like, and his, guy, his mom has done just a wonderful wonderful job with him. Um, I would take him on my team. I would take him on my team at a high major level, and I would I would see what would happen. I don't I don't know. But he's one of those kids that you can just – he's like Clay. You can just really work with him. And, and he's just now really started to play at, like, a high level of competition, right? He's playing this year for um, Indiana Elite.
0: Red the shirt summer. guy. Red shirt guy. What do you think? Red shirt him? I mean, come on. Look, the kid's – the, the the guys you redshirt at the college level, the guys who you think years four and five are going to be, yeah, right, massively better than years two and three, if you don't redshirt them. I know that yeah. doesn't because you don't redshirt guys you don't think can't really help you because it's even with the transfer portal, it's still a usage of a scholarship.
1: And you're wasting.
0: Yeah, you don't you don't waste a redshirt year on a guy you think. Okay, maybe he's not going to be able to help us in years three and four. So years four and five have to far exceed two and three if you don't redshirt. That's kind of where I go with it. Sure. Well, I would. Sean McDermott at Butler was one of those deals where his, you know, he he stepped into a much bigger role was final two years at Butler, you know, and I would that redshirt year really helped him.
1: Certainly, the the climate has changed, right, in college basketball, and that's the only reason I say I don't. You know, it,
0: it is tougher to redshirt guys because they can now they graduate in three years with two years left, but now they, obviously now transfer portal there's no there's no grad transfer. You just get one time, you get one free move basically.
1: You rather would you rather have JQ
0: or or Trey
1: Kaufman moving forward?
0: Trey Kaufman more. Um, you can run a lot of offense through him. I think the game slows down in his head a little bit more. Um I don't I don't know that you could play through JQ the way you can play through Trey.
1: Are Silent. you are speechless? You, well, no. I just I, I would take JQ, I think, but um you, Yeah. But it just it just shows you how fickle right those rankings are. JQ's 210. Trey Kaufman's was 38th. And you know, if JQ went to Purdue or IU, he he would probably redshirt. I mean, he's probably closer, right? They're probably closer than what that gap. and just kind of illustrating our our conversation earlier. All right. Well, little 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 uh surprise maybe. That Marcus Burton
0: wasn't, you know, isn't any higher up as a prospect? I, I think um, yeah, size hurts him. He certainly has seen his stock raise a little bit this this spring for sure. He's definitely a big leaper. He's at mean street now. Yeah, he's playing with mean streets. But I do I do think size is an issue. It's, um how tall is he? I mean, maybe 5'11. Burton's only 5'11. Yeah, he's he's taller than Travis Grayson, but I mean, he's probably 5'11", maybe 6 feet. I mean, he's always kind of been smaller than listed.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I think he's listed as, like, what, 6'2", maybe? No. 6'1"? I mean, that's what I, I said. 6 feet. 6 feet.
0: Trying to think if there's anybody. I mean, I mean, I've got. You should
1: have like a, a a height combine where the kids have to go go in and get officially measured by. By one measuring.
0: We did, yeah, we did that with our program. I thought that was pretty. It was a fun day. We did a lot of different things. We did media. We did. We did. Yeah, meredos, I saw. It. Still practice and scrimmage and do things like that. And then we had also um, like a little bit of a combine activity where they tested yeah. their vertical. They 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 measured their wingspan. They measured their height. Everything was official and this was like a group that they brought in. This wasn't just you know a bunch of us slaps, you know standing up against a wall but um, I'd like to see what what happens with Kamari Slaughter coming out of this year. I thought I think he's played extremely well this spring. I think he's shown a bit more range in his shot. Um, and then AJ Lux is another kid that I think is has had a good spring. Where his 100%. name is, is getting out there, We're just trying to, just trying to move around a little bit. Uh, well, I think um, in terms of getting names out there.
1: Yeah, and um, certainly, I mean, I think, I think Dylan Moles, who plays for you, I think he's had a good, he's had a really good spring.
0: He, ha- he has, he's had a really good, and especially the 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 deal with him though, is didn't shoot the ball well in the two open periods in April. That's when we had a lot of coaches watching, didn't shoot the ball well. So that has changed that has, um, you know, he has started to come around and, and played a lot better. He's had some big games. So June's going to be good for him. Um, but yeah, as far as the point guards go, him and Burton and Sheridan Sharp have been the three that I think have helped themselves the most, especially the not. And, and for, and, you know, in Dylan's case, you know, he's had, we've had D2 schools watching. So, you know, he's, he's getting some traction there.
1: Um, I think Jackson Price is another kid. Um, he's playing with five star, you know, Adam Marion, Mishawaka Marion. Yeah. Um he's had a really good spur in
0: shooting the ball. And Keon Miller's a kid that I think from Southport who has really stepped up and made some big plays. I mean, AJ Dancer has been hurt, so he's not been playing this spring. And, and, and I don't think he's season. played this summer, is he? Yeah, I don't yeah, I don't know what his status is overall. I mean, but I mean Dancer's had some unlucky injury situations, but but, but what that's done is is it's allowed Miller to you know more time with the ball in his hands, sure you know and me, that, and that's that's a team with garway dual that you know where he does a lot of the ball handling with playing with Sheridan sharp as well, so
1: let me yeah that's a really good that guy team's pretty good you think that uh you know, think like Jermaine Coleman and Sam Orme. You think, you think playing with heat has been the best thing for them? Has that helped them?
0: I mean, I'm probably the wrong guy. I'm probably the one, the you know, the wrong guy to answer that question. I don't know that I can answer it. I mean, I could be. I don't I could know have, that there's necessarily an answer. It could be. You could question my objectivity on that because I don't like how they play. You know. Um, you know, a lot of it is Jeremy Fears and and you know, Draven Gibbs dribbling around and putting up shots. And I don't think that's I mean, so no, from that perspective, it's not helpful. I don't uh did do they get seen by a lot of coaches? Sure. Do they get seen by a lot of coaches doing what they're gonna do in college? Probably not. Or doing what they're I mean, Orm certainly isn't in a situation where he's being utilized to the fullest of his abilities. Um, and he, he's been smart enough to make his own plays, especially around the basket. Um, but you know, when they're, when they're playing in space and they're and it's in transition, I think certainly Coleman can look, look really good, but in the half court, there isn't much there for him. I mean, it really is just those two guards and, I think Fears, a lot of times, is just as interested as making a play so he can chat in your ear as anything else. But, you know, them against Indiana Elite, I mean, for lack of a better phrase, it, especially the second half of that game, was kind of a shit show. I mean, Indiana Elite just kind of put the clamps down on them. It's like, man, eh, we'll let those two guys try to beat us, and they couldn't. Um, but I could just as easily be accused of not being objective in that regard. So, cause it's a team at my age group. And are you impressed with Indian elite? I mean, I like, I like their guys. I like, I love Jake Davis. Um, you know, I've always been, um, I think Tibbs brings a lot to them athletically. I think he, he can, he can play in spurts offensively, but he's always going to be a good defender and a good rebounder for his position. Um, I don't know much about their out-of-state kids, you know, as far as what they're like for their school teams to know, like, what's what to expect during the summer. But, they, you know, they do have some kids that are, you know, pretty strong kids playing for them, um, you know. And and I've been a Logan Iams fan for a while. I'd, I'd, I'd like... As as he you know he struggled to shoot the ball in the sectional, did not play well in the sectional. Neither neither he nor uh, Richard Ricart played well in the sectional, and they you know they got kind of ran out of the gym by Noblesville, and I, I guess I want to see Logan shoot the ball better, and be able to get a shot off the move, like get it like get into a shot because um, I think he's going to have to have that mid-range finishing. He's going to have to be able to finish some of the paint to be successful in the Big Ten. And I worry, what what I worried about in the sectional was that he always needed a ball screen to get downhill. And, that you know, that's going to be a lot tougher to do in the Big Ten than it is to do in the Carmel sectional or the Noblesville sectional. As good yeah. as that sectional is, it's not the Big Ten.
1: No, well, I'm still, I'm still, I still think, you know, much like JQ, I think that his best spot would have been in a mid nature
0: But it, but then when you watch how that team plays, Iams knows how to run a team. If sorrow, <laughs> yeah. if, if sorrow knows how to run a team, that's one of the out of state kids that I don't know a ton about. But when I watch him play, when I watch him run the point, he knows how to run a team. There's not a lot of wasted movement out there, um, and there's. Kids don't get missed. You know, and and you know, they run stuff for other people. They run stuff, you know, they definitely try to get JQ involved. His motor is relentless, which just always if that's his calling card, he'll be able to be successful at the high major level. He just it'll just be a work in progress offensively. But, um, yeah, I like I like watching them play a lot better than I like watching Andy Heat play. I guess I'm just not I'm just not so I'm just not convinced that that.
1: Yeah, I I get that he can get. He's going to Penn State or whatever. I mean, I'm yeah. But I just think that, hey,
0: knock yourself out. You know, well, like, his size, his size for the position, he can guard the position.
1: He shot 30 33% from 3 last year like yeah that has
0: to get better that definitely has to get better he has to be a threat cuz again he, he needs he needs ball screens to get downhill right now at least he did in the sectional and he's going to have to be able to beat teams over the top of screens to, to make them not go underneath him underneath the I'm sorry underneath the
1: screens and he's going to have to turn around and guard you're talking about guarding a big 10 point guard
0: yeah, I think they can get that figured out. I think he'll be okay there.
1: Like I said, I'm, I'm not, hey, anymore. It's like, it's prove it to me, you know? It's prove it to me. It's, it's, it's I'm not, I'm not going to annoy anybody, anything anymore. Um, so he's one of those, it's kind of like a prove it, you know? And it's not yeah. personal. Again, I, I like him, and I think in the right situation, you know, he's going to be really good. But just saying he's a plug and
0: play guy, and I don't see that. But we'll see. I will. I will toot one of my players' horns, maybe even a couple of them. Jake Cherry, I think, has helped himself as much as anybody on my roster, and a lot of that can be boiled down to how he played in April, and and against and and against whom he did it to. You know, get great games against Owen Freeman, um, kid that's committed to Iowa. Six ten kid from from Illinois that's committed to Iowa. He had a really good game against the Atlanta All Stars, where they're big kids getting getting borderline mid major, high major offers, um, and showing that w- what we've said about him from the beginning is that defensively he's he's tremendous, and. And when he's gets his motor going from a rebounding perspective, he's, you know, he you start to see that he's got a chance to do something different. He would definitely be a candidate for a prep school, uh, a post grad year, or a, a redshirt year. Um, but I think that's a kid that's helped himself as much. And I know he's he's got Air Force looking at him, and he's got a he's got a trio of other Division one schools looking at him. That'll that'll be out at the very least in July. Hopefully, they'll be out in June. I know Air Force will be here in June to watch him. So, um, and Gavin Welch has has been really good for us, and 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 I would say him just because <laughs> to to not be completely subjective is there's been a lot of stuff written about him. You know, he's he's had really good games this spring, and I think he would deserve mention in this in in this part of the podcast that we're talking about guys that have had their stocks go up a little bit, and I think he's shown the ability to score from the outside. And he's shown the ability to guard his position and guard multiple positions. Um, he's not our best defender, but he's a reliable defender, that's for sure. And he'll rebound. And at six six, he'll protect the rim um, vertically. I mean, he's not going to be out there blocking shots, but he's outstanding with verticality, contesting things vertically. So he's had a great. Hello, coach. Huh. Yeah, Welch, Gavin, both of them. Really. Yeah. No, he's
1: very, very versatile. I thought, you know, I saw I caught you in the DSMA classic as well. He's got a really, uh, cherry's got a body that you can, you
0: can tell he's going to put on a lot of, he's got the shoulders. You need to do that. Yeah. You know, he's, that's a lot of that is what you look at. You look at hips, you look at shoulders and he's got both those in terms of the frame to, to build upon. You know, because you see kids with really, really skinny shoulders and you think, okay, what, you know, what, how much weight and really skinny hips, how much weight can you put on? Again, Booker, Jack. how much weight can you put on Booker before his body starts to break down? You know, and you look at Orm and Carmel, who's got good sized hips. I mean, you just, it, it, look, it becomes, it's part of it. It's, um, it's no different than trying to see if a kid still <laughs> finished getting through puberty yet. You know, but you look at the kid like Sam Warman. You you could easily see an extra twenty five pounds on him without it, without it really hurting him. Um, Joey Brown's back. He's healthy, and he I thought he looked good his in, in, in small doses this past weekend when I got to watch him play. His shot making, um, his uh, was good. Hard to say it was improved because I haven't really seen him play since February. Um but he was um he was a february, right? He did not play in the sectional, if I remember correctly. Yep. So you know, so and he hasn't played since, at least not competitively. But I thought he looked good this weekend and hope he can stay healthy. He's he's been a kid that's been just grew so fast. Is, you know, his his body is just, you know, you got to hope that's what it is. Because he's he's been dinged up with some little things over the over the years. A lot. Yep. And but I do. like his shot making. You do no and I like his
1: athleticism. Um, you know. I don't know if you can hear me, Jim. I can't. Okay, now it's off. You're off now. Oh, you, I'm you, muted cuz
0: I'm mute. muted cuz I cough. That's I've been muting because I've got a cold and I've been coughing. So whenever you see me mute, that's why. And the one time which we were going to edit that's out. What, that's what happened, yeah. Yeah, the one time we're going to edit out where I didn't unmute it. So
1: Well, um, No, you hope the best for him, you know. You hope that's what it is and you hope that he can he can bounce back. But man, it's been really really hard to be able to watch him. You know, and so I think it's probably another candidate that might be a good, a good candidate for for a, a fifth year, like a post grad. If
0: it just depends. There's so much ahead of him, right? But yeah, I think his recruiting will come around. I could see him maybe. Well, yeah, let's wait and see what July does with all these guys. Let's wait and see what July does. You know, June and July. will be I just mean months.
1: from a, a, a he's missed so much time from a development standpoint, right? It's just right. being able to play games and stuff. That it wouldn't be necessarily be the worst thing. I mean, if if you really think like, oh, I'm I'm that guy. Oh, I'm that dude.
0: Yeah, that's you dangerous. Right? So I, mean, I, I I like I like kids that try to bet on themselves. I get it, but but I I see more kids play their way into bad situations than good situations in those instances. And and again, you're talking about guys that
1: I have no idea about a situation, so I, I I'm not even gonna. I'm just saying from a development standpoint. Well, I think he's got, he's got
0: legitimate, you know, he has legitimate interest, Um, you know, and and there'll be a lot more schools that pull the trigger on him as we get through, as we get through June and July. And, you know, we'll be, we talk about it. Just hope he stays healthy. So anybody else? I think we've been rambling on for about an hour and a half,
1: yeah i mean on on the spot n- yeah no, not on the spot I mean, I'm sure there's some other guys out there that I'm forgetting right now off the top of my head and
0: uh, i'm looking I'm looking forward to june like you said it's it's a fun month, it's a second season um I do like watching these guys you know move the new roles um the high school storylines i and i' I'm, I don't
1: mean to I don't mean to offend or step on your toes, but man, the high school storylines are so much fun, right? I mean, they're Plus, just
0: why is that stepping on my toes? We because this, you're, is, a because school, you're this involved, is a high school basket, This is a high school basketball podcast. Because you're involved in
1: travel, the travel no, right. side of it. I just man, it's right. just so, so
0: so that's why I look so forward to this. This um I'm on the travel side of it. That you 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 realize we don't post pictures of guys in their travel stuff, we post pictures of guys in their school team. I mean the site is the site. It is what it is. And it's, it's meant to celebrate obviously to cover recruiting, but we also, you know, cover high school teams. We cover high school games. We don't cover the summer stuff as, you know, as micro, you know, as micromanaged as we might during the school season. So, um, sure. so I just, I'll, I'll I just, always be, I'll always be a school ball advocate. I'll, I've never been a believer that, only the re- recruiting only happens in the summer. I mean, look, recruiting starts in the summer because that's the most, that's the easiest place for a lot of these coaches to see kids for the first time. Uh, you know, and, and this class was robbed of it at 15 and under this class. When it's all said and done, half of their exposure will be eliminated. They will have half of what most kids go through. The sure. class of 2022 had two thirds of what most kids went through. Or had one third of what most kids went through. They were probably hurt the most. But this 2023 class, normally we, you know, the looks we got this April, we would have gotten two years ago. You know, just like a handful of coaches, and you know, probably maybe four or five high majors that are coming just to see because they know if they really like a kid, they could, you know, they could they had the reach to get that kid. Um but you know, these guys will have an opportunity to get. Continue on, and, and they have four more weeks to be seen by colleges, and and before the before the summer's over, and then they'll get back to work on their school team coming out after Labor Day, and that's what. But that's why I like June having an open period because I think it's a good opportunity for these guys to see. Um, there, there's not going to be any scouting this June. There's not going to be any scheming, but there's going to be top to bottom better coach teams. And these guys will be in situations where um, instead of one of five guys on the floor that are really, really good, there may be just one of two or three guys on the floor that are really, really good, you know? And a little bit easier to play in that situation. Um, and they're going to have to prove their worth uh, with, with their school team stuff too. So I, I'm looking forward to it. I love June. I'm, and I'm, I'm sitting on my tent right, right in Jim Rear's front yard. <laughs> Well, I got room now. That's for sure. There, there's might be some occasional day where we don't have room, but I got a front bedroom now that's that's going to be available come later this month.
1: I should tell. I should say uh, publicly. I want to thank Jim for helping me get back to Evansville. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, if you're out at Pacer oh, Athletic okay. Center, if you're out at Pacer Athletic Center, there's a Do wall. Not- Dude, oh, there's a wallet. Yeah. Nick lost there his is wallet. a wallet. Uh, I lost I, the credit cards are off. But there is some cash in there. Have fun nice. with it. it's quite a treasure hunt. But anyway, Jim, thank you. Got you uh, some uh, gas money to get home. Look, at, I learned a lesson. Like you, I
0: the
1: had this is, thing that I had yeah. set aside for like this, if anything happens kind of deal and I used mm-hmm. it and then something happened and I didn't have it. And so, Hey, always be prepared. But in, so, in the case that you're not have friends like Jim, thanks Jim.
0: The bad news is, is you now know where I live. <laughs> That's the bad news.
1: For you? Yes, exactly. Not for me. For anybody, downtown Carmel, anybody out in downtown Carmel, go check out Jim. Anyway. <laughs> right. No. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He's got
0: great lemonade. I'm kidding. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you downtown Carmel. I'm kidding. All right. Um, Unfortunately, I'm right on the road. I'm right on the main road. Not a bad location. No, I, I love, I love Right live. I mean, but I appreciate you. Thanks for that. Yep. All right, man. Well, that'll be it for now. And we'll, um, we'll, we'll talk again as we let's, let's we get back to weekly.
1: Sounds I good. Think I think
0: the name of this pod is going to be better late than never, but, but, um, <laughs> but hopefully our, our recording schedules sync up and I won't be sick. If you know anybody that's
1: not listening to this podcast, what are they doing?
0: Tell you them to a- hit the subscribe button. So if you listen every week, we thank you. If not, hit the subscribe button. Get this get this podcast delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. Nick, we'll talk next week, man. All right, man. See you, buddy. See you.